Father, glorify your name. And a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. There is, unlike the Synoptic Gospels, no fervent prayer on Jesus' behalf that the cup of wrath might pass from him, at least according to John's Gospel. But there is a very similar event that's out in public, not in a hidden garden, and it happens right before Jesus' Passover. This is when Jesus cries out, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. You can see the similarities between that cry from our Lord and what it is that he prays when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. But unlike his time in the Garden, which was very private, this cry of Jesus' heart is made right out in the open, in the temple grounds even. And unlike the prayer in the Garden, which seems to be met with silence, this prayer is answered with a voice. Or maybe not. Because some people hear, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. And others hear thunder. So the question for all of us is, did God speak or not? The evidence you see is mixed. And that is always the reality of God's voice. Sin functions in such a way that it clouds our perceptions and makes even the most obvious evidence of God's work in the world mixed at best. So that two different people can look at exactly the same facts and evidence and have one person say, does this not declare the glory of God? And have a second person say, "Eh, I'm not sure. Was that God or just luck? Was that God, or was it just that I worked really hard to get what I have? Was that God, or just the fates? Who could say? Paul, the apostle, explains this paradox of God's obvious existence with the fact that so many deny his existence in his letter to the Romans. When he says, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. We hear the voice. But Paul goes on to say, but they're without excuse, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened, claiming to be wise. They became fools. Now you see God, now you don't. And that is precisely the curse of sin. When people go through the Augsburg Confession for the first time and come to that second article, Only the second one out of the 20-some-odd that are presented to the Holy Roman Emperor as an explanation for why these Protestants were so up in arms. When the Lutherans talked about original sin, they said, sin isn't that I sometimes say mean things to my kids. Sin isn't that I'm tempted to maybe take something that isn't mine or maybe not completely fill out all my income on my income taxes. 
Sin is simply the fact that we are all born into the world without love or trust in God. We can't see him. The voice speaks from heaven and we say, it's just thunder. That's what Jesus has come to deliver us from. That's the veil that's over our eyes that Jesus has come to take away. That once more, we who have been filled by the spirit through the word might look upon the works of God and say, now where I was blind, I can see. Isn't that precisely what happens in John chapter 9? As this man who was born blind, who has the sight restored to him, gradually over the course of the chapter sees more and more clearly the man who has done this for him, who is in fact not a man or even just a prophet, but is the Lord. And at the same time, the religious leaders become more and more blinded, locked into their way of thinking so that they cannot even conceive of the fact that their Messiah has finally come that the promises the prophets made to them are at last being fulfilled. Those with the Spirit have their eyes opened. They can see the Lord's hand, not just in some things, but in everything. The voice speaking through the scriptures isn't just some long-dead evangelist or prophet. It's the creator of the universe himself and the redeemer of sinful people himself, speaking through those words to you and I right now in the 21st century in the greater Montreal area or Corlamam, wherever else you might be this evening. Even if to everyone else, all they see in scripture is thunder and lightning, we know that it is in fact the word of God, the word that mounted a cross to deliver us from sin and make us his own. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.